0: We are once again a partnership with the Holy Spirit. And guess what? He's the senior partner. He's in charge. So I don't come and tell him what we're going to do today. I ask him what he wants to do today. And then I follow suit. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast.
1: It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. To hear this live and before subscribers do, join us in Rockport, Maine, on Sunday mornings at ten for worship, and before that at eight forty-five for prayer service. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word.
0: Good morning, everybody. Y'all doing all right? man it's great to see all of you guys today and it's cool to uh, see some people back from some uh, far, far, far away places I can't speak and uh, good to have them back in the area but I, I, I do want to uh, introduce one person obviously you saw somebody kind of new popped up today uh, some of you guys may recognize him some of you guys may not uh, but this is Pastor Tommy Falk uh, man I go we go way back basically 20 years and um, i I could talk for an hour, but i'll but I'll make a this real quick introduction. Uh, when I was the week I turned twenty years old, I moved to Lafayette Louisiana, and at that time, Pastor Tommy was the worship pastor and, and basically the do it all right hand man administrative guy at the church and uh, Then he ended up becoming senior pastor and Jennifer and I uh, had the opportunity to serve alongside of him and serve under his leadership uh, for a number of years he 's the guy that officiated our wedding and, and basically just been spiritual dad to us for a long time so he 's going to be hanging out uh, i don 't know how much he 'll be here but he 'll be in the area for a month, so you 'll probably see him popping in and out we're just honored that he's here and uh we'll pull on him when we feel like it's jesus to do so yeah so anyways did y'all enjoy that uh i'm, I'm trying to uh convince him to stay for worship night and just lead the thing but uh so y'all pray anyways we'll <laughs> keep we'll keep working on him all right he's gonna be away from his wife for a month so hopefully we can get one more day so anyways let's pray and uh we'll get going so, Father, we thank you, Lord, for your presence today. Lord, we thank you for the anointing that's in the house. Father, we thank you that that anointing breaks every yoke, it breaks every bondage. God, there's no devil in hell that can stand up against your presence. And so, Lord, we thank you today, God, for your glory, God, coming and resting in this place. Lord, we just open up our hearts wide to, wide to you today. God, and we ask that you would speak loud and clear. Lord, we pray today that not one of us would leave this place without hearing something from you. God, directly, that's personal and intimate, exactly where we're at. And so Lord, today, just as we sit here, Lord, we know we're not, uh, we didn't, we didn't come here just to check a box to attend church. Lord, we came to encounter you. And so Lord, we open up our hearts wide. And Lord, if it's, if we're a teenager, God, or for the oldest person in the room, God, or for a kid in the room, Lord, it doesn't really matter. Lord, our hearts are open and you want to speak. And so Father, thank you that uh, just today for equipping us and uh, speaking to us, God, so we can do what you've called us to do in our lives. So Lord, I bless your people. Thank you for the Holy Spirit coming and doing what He does best, and that's changing lives and teaching us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Listen, if you were here last week, uh, basically right off the top, we talked about two groups of people. We didn't, we didn't talk about these two groups of people to make them look bad, but just, uh, just a practical understanding that the day and the age we live in that there's people that fall in certain categories. And the first category we talked about was this, is the, there's people today that basically they just simply admire Jesus. That, in other words, when they think about Jesus, they, they have respect in the heart, they admire his teachings, you know, they admire his character, they admire things that he accomplished, and, and they kind of have an understanding about Easter and all that, so they admire kind of his sacrifice. But the truth is, is with a lot of those people, it, it hasn't gone much further than that. In other words, they haven't really transitioned Jesus from their head to their heart. And uh, we all know that basically it's how the heart that faith flows, right? And, and so, you know, with, with folks that are in this category, if I could just say it one, one more time this way, it's like they've confused a, uh, a real faith in Jesus with a mental acknowledgement of Jesus. And that's where it's at. It's a mental acknowledgement, he's a historical figure that they respect. And then the second group that we talked about was this, and, and this is basically people that's found in church today, and, and most of them would probably argue with what, with what we say that their life looks like. But the second thing is this, is basically that they make Christianity all about themselves. If I can maybe slap a language to this, it's, it's that they treat Jesus nothing more than a spiritual welfare system. And uh, basically that Jesus solely exists to meet their desires, their needs, their wants. Uh, You know, everything revolves around their personal happiness, around their personal comfort. And in my opinion, this group of people, uh, they really, really like the idea of Jesus being their Savior. But they're really disinterested with Him becoming their Lord. Right? And, And so... You know, if I can maybe once again put, put a word to this, you know, the, the common denominator between those two groups is basically this. Is neither one of them have made the decision to go all in with Jesus. And, uh, you know, the truth is, is, is when, when you don't go all in with Jesus, uh, you're going to be really um, unsatisfied. Maybe I can say it that way. In fact, if I can maybe echo one more thing that we said last week, it's simply this. Is that the true adventure with Jesus doesn't really begin until we go all in. Right, The true adventure doesn't really start happening if we're 20% in, we're 30% in, 40% in. It really happens when we go all in. And for you guys that are in the room today that you've said, man, I know that I went all in. You know what I'm talking about. Because what happens when you go all in, you begin to see the fingerprints of God all on your life. Amen? And so today, that's what I really want to talk about. I want our conversation today simply to be about that adventure. In other words, uh, you know, listen, I, I'll, say, I'll say this to you. You've heard me say it before. I don't really like church. I like Jesus. Right. And so and so if we're going to be a people that follow Jesus, then it doesn't need to be about some dried, crusty religion. There needs to be something that's life breathing, that's vibrant, that's active, that's moving. And it's called a relationship with the living God. Amen. Amen. We don't worship an idol. That's good news, right? So, so listen for uh, just a moment. Let's assume that everybody in the room have has made the decision to go all in with Jesus in their relationship with Him. Okay, and uh, let's just let's just say from that position of being all in, I want you to begin to ask yourself this question: What's next? What's next? I've went all in with God. What's next? Now, you know, basically it's this, is that somewhere along in, in, you know, your journey, you've basically made a commitment to follow Jesus, and in that commitment, yes, it was a forgiveness of sins, but you are him to be the Lord of your life, and now you begin to pray, now you begin to read, now you begin to uh, worship him, And, and basically the question is, is once I'm doing all of that, and it's an active, intimate walk with him, what's next? In other words, what flows out of that? Right. The, the verse that kind of keeps coming to my mind this morning is out of Luke chapter two, where Jesus is 12 years old. And basically, we know that, uh, you know, he, he basically stayed in Jerusalem. Mary and Joseph left. I'm speeding the story up here. But they came back after three days. They found him. And, and then Mary said, why did you do this to us? And uh, Jesus said, basically, why do you seek me? And then he said this. He said, did you not know that I must be about my father's That's relationship? about my father's business and I think the key thing for all of us to understand is that the father that relationship has to be first but when we're connected to the father that there's a natural business of the kingdom that flows out of our lives amen amen so listen to kind of set this up I actually want to share uh kind of a cool story that I read it's a devotion I read this week and uh maybe kind of give us a little traction of where we're going today to kind of get our mind going but anyways This is the devotion. The author said this. He said that when he was a kid that he and his friends used to play a game called Bigger and Better. Has anybody ever heard that game? Bigger and Better. I've never heard of it either. Maybe it's some Midwest thing. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, We didn't play that in the South probably because I live too much in the country to play this game. Anyways, uh, you'll see why. But anyways, the object of the game is this. is is basically everyone starts out with something of the same value. Let's say it's a dime, right? If you see that. They start off with a dime. And then what they do is basically uh, the group of buddies... what they do is they uh, decide to go throughout the neighborhood, knock on doors, and they basically tell people, hey, uh, I have a dime. Is there anything that you have in your house that you'd be willing to trade me for, for this dime? And then whatever they get for the dime, they take that object, then they go to the next house, knock on the door. Is there anything that you'll trade me for, whatever this is? And the goal is basically to get something uh, get something bigger. And better. And so hopefully at the end of the day, they all come together. And I'm assuming he didn't say this, but but once again, they always think bigger is better. And whoever had the biggest thing, it was better. They won. Right. So in the devotion, he basically talked about how his son, Rich, uh, recently played this game with a few of his friends. And I just kind of want to tell you the story here real quick. He said that Rich set out uh, basically once again with a dime and he went to the first door and he asked. He said this. He said, Hi, I'm rich. I'm playing bigger and better. I've got a dime and I'm hoping to trade it for something bigger. Do you have anything you can trade me? And the guy that was standing at the door, he had never heard the game. Nevertheless, he immediately was in, and he shouted over his shoulder. He said this, hey, March! there's a kid at the door, and we're playing. Get that? We're playing bigger and better. Do we have anything that we can trade for a dime? I like that guy. It's my kind of dude, right? Make a game out of anything. Anyways, so Rich basically gave the man a dime, and he walked away with a mattress. Okay? Now watch this. So Rich, Rich went to the next door, and his buddies knocked on the door, and he's standing on the porch holding this mattress. The person comes to the door, and basically, through his muffled voice, because they could barely hear him talking through the, uh, you know, of pillow top, he began to shout to the next neighbor, basically asking him, hey, I have a mattress. What would you trade me that's bigger and better, okay? So a little while later, uh, my man, Rich, skipped down the street, basically from that house, and he traded the mattress for a ping pong table. It's like a good, good day. So Rich wheeled the ping pong table to the next house, and he traded up for an elk head. That's pretty cool, right? The dude got an elk head. So the dad said, the guy was writing the devotions, he said, man, I would have stopped there, but Rich didn't. Y'all don't miss this. So he kept trading up. And by the end of the night, Rich came home. He didn't have a dime or a mattress. He didn't have a ping pong table or an elk head or the five other things he traded up for. Rich, watch this, drove home in a pickup truck. No lie. True story. Okay, so he started with a dime and he ended up with a dodge. <laughs> Does anybody want a dime, <laughs> right? Well, so, hey, that's, that's good news, right? Anyways, so, so listen, outside of that... Being a great story, what in the world does that have to do with us? Because I think that's just awesome, right? But, but what does that mean for us? When, when I read it the other day, there was two things that jumped out at me, uh, you know, more specific. And the first one was this, is that Rich had to be willing to give up ownership of his dime before he could receive something bigger and better, that he had to be willing to give up ownership of something he had to receive something that was bigger and better. And I wanted to just say, and it's kind of an obvious fact today, but isn't that true that before you and I come to Jesus, we think that our dime, our little life is so special and so grand and so great. And then what happens is, is when we finally give our lives to Jesus and we get a Dodge pickup truck, and we'll call it abundant life, do we not find out that man is not only better, but it doesn't even compare to what we used to have. Yes, if you've never made that journey... Trust me on that, okay? The second thing that jumped out to me was this, and this kind of traction for what's next, okay? Is is I wondered if Rich really knew the possibilities that were locked up in that little dime of his when he set out to play bigger and better with his friends that morning. Did he really understand the possibilities that a dime had? Did he really think, man, you know, Dad, at the end of the day, I'm coming home with a Dodge, right? I, I would say probably not. Yes? And so, listen, for example's sake, let's say this, that the game bigger and better represents our lives. And let's say that that little dime there represents our salvation, our relationship with God, okay? Um, here's for me. Sometimes I wonder if we really know the possibilities that are locked up inside of our salvation or the relationship that God has given us. Do we really know? In, in fact, if I could be so bold to say this, that sometimes I think we... Um, We rob God of the opportunity to uh, basically have a bigger and better life. We'll just call it that at the moment with us because all we can focus on is our problems and our issues. And we miss what God wants to do in and through our lives, right? Once again, we keep, not God, we keep the possibilities locked up. Is that true? So listen, sometimes uh, I find myself wondering that if Christians are simply enamored by the fact that they have a dime, a shiny new dime, I have salvation. And what happens is, is that they're so excited about it that they put it somewhere special, like their pocket, right? And they keep it to themselves because they really don't know what to do with it. What do I do with all this? right? What do I do with all this? And it's kind of like we're just kind of hanging on, kind of hoping that someday we'll have the opportunity to deposit our little dime, our little life in that big old piggy bank called heaven, right? That man, if I could just make it to the end, I'm telling y'all, listen, uh, this thing is not about just hopefully we can make it to the end. Amen? Listen, instead of Holding on to it, thinking, man, what am I going to do with it? What if we did this instead? What if we were, like, rich and we bounced off our porch every morning with an anticipation in our hearts because we were so excited to see what the Father was going to do in our life that day? Right? Imagine what he's going to do with this vibrant relationship we have with him. Man, that the possibilities are unlimited. Why? Because, because he's unlimited. In fact, if you can think about it this way, uh, you know, is there anything that the Holy Spirit can't do? So if the Holy Spirit lives in us... Is there not possibilities unlimited? We limit God so much. Yes? And so it's kind of like this. What I want us to see, family, is this. If we realize it or not, our salvation serves as an invitation into something bigger and better. And it's a bigger, better, and I'll use the word adventure, and that we have the privilege to participate in between now and the time we go to heaven. Yes? So... If I can kind of maybe put a more accurate language to this, uh, the bigger and the better, once again, that adventure, I think it's called, and it's kind of what we prayed this morning, it's called partnering with the Holy Spirit. And the truth is, is listen, we live in a day and age, especially in New England, that that we like to focus on the Father and we like to talk about Jesus, but we are scared to death of the Holy Spirit. Y'all got scared just then. At the mention of His name. (laughs) Listen, the Bible. The Bible says this. If I can maybe pull away from that for a second, the Bible says in First John chapter five, you can read verse seven and eight. There's just three that bear witness in heaven: the Father, the Word, who we know is Jesus, according to John one, and the Spirit. Right, and these three are. One. If we're not scared of the Father, we're not scared of Jesus, we don't need to be scared of the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Bible says this, and Jesus was talking in John, and he said, basically, it's expedient, it's important that I go away so that I can send you another. And the another is what? Yes, it's comforter. Yes, it's paraclete. But but basically, he's saying basically one who is uh, like me. But he's not me. In other words, that he will do exactly what I would do if I was there with you. But the cool part is this, this, and it's why it's for our benefit. Jesus was limited to one location. Do you get that? He was limited to one location. But when he ascended and the Holy Spirit descended upon us, guess what happens is now there is no limitation. Because when we get born again, he lives in us. And now the reach is broader. I'm making sense to you, and so so listen. I I, I don't want us as a church to get uh, to get very uncomfortable around the Holy Spirit because He He's God. He loves us, right? He's for our good, Amen. And so li- listen, if I can maybe say this to you. Yes, He wants us to partner with Him. Uh, yes, there's this adventure going, but but. But it requires us to do something. It requires us to have movement in our own heart, in our own life. And if I can maybe slap another word, it requires faith. We're not really talking about faith today, but, but if you can read it through those lens, we need faith, okay? And, uh, and so in this, it's kind of like the cool part. We get to say goodbye to the days where we thought Christianity was nothing more than, than doing what? Than, uh, you know, being nice to people, saying grace before you eat, right? And, and, and doing what? That, uh, you know, maybe uh, having a cute little devotion and going to church. The truth is, and hopefully this doesn't bother anybody, but if that's all there is to it, God, I'm really bored. Right? And once again, we wonder why so many people are unsatisfied with God. The truth is, is that there are even teenagers in this room that are so bored with God, and the only reason you're bored is because you've never had an encounter with Him. Because I promise you, once you have one encounter with Him, you're done. You're done for the rest of your life. You're done, right? And so, listen, um, if I can maybe say one thing, we'll move. There's an adventure going on all around you that's orchestrated by the Holy Spirit, and he's inviting you to join in. So why don't we join in? Yes? You, you, know, you know, if I could say this, and it might sound strong. I hope this doesn't bother anybody. But, but there's that mindset, man, if the church of New England could get off its blessed assurance and begin to partner with God, this place would change. Amen? Amen. So let's talk about what this means here for a second. I want to show you a verse. And and if I can maybe lay down a biblical foundation, and Lord Jesus, help me. um, But to kind of describe what this adventure, this movement, this partnership looks like. I want to start with the, the first verse of the whole Bible, Genesis 1. It says this. It says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. Watch this, and the Spirit of God, who is that? That That's the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit was what? Come on, talk to me, was what? Was moving over the surface of the waters. So as you can see, the very first mention of the Holy Spirit in the Bible, He was moving. In fact, if I can tell you today that I've read it from Genesis to Revelations, nowhere in there does it say that the Holy Spirit stopped. In fact, the truth is, is this, that the very fact that you're sitting here today and you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ is proof that he is still moving. Because yes. if, you, if you stop and you look at the Bible in context, we realize this, that you and I were born with a sin nature. We were born into sin. And the Bible says what? For the, basically, for the wages of sin is death, separation with God. So, but God loved us, right? Yes, thank God He loved us. So what do you do? The Father said, I love these people, so guess what? I'm going to, uh, I I wish in my heart none would perish, so I'm going to send my son Jesus, right? We know Jesus came, Jesus died on the cross, right, for our sins as our sacrifice, as our substitute. But watch this. But was it not the Holy Spirit that revealed and drew us to Christ? Was it not the Holy Spirit that came and convinced us and convicted us of our sin? If you want to read the whole thing in context, it's convicted of sin, judgment, and righteousness, right? Was it not the Holy Spirit that transformed us from being dead, right, in our sins to being alive to Christ in our salvation? Was it not the Holy Spirit that baptized us in the body of Christ the moment we got saved? Yes. Is it not the Holy Spirit that bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God? Is it not the Holy Spirit that seals us for the day of redemption? Is it not the Holy Spirit that gives us gifts and anointing so that we can do what the Father's called us to do? Is it not the Holy Spirit that comes and comforts us? Is it not the Holy Spirit that continually guides us into all truth? And most of all, is it not the Holy Spirit that lives in us today? The point is, guys, is this, is He's active, and He's active all around you. So why don't we acknowledge Him? Yeah? Jesus, I love you. The Holy Spirit's the most uh, left out part of the Trinity. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, so with that in mind, watch this. Um, Watch Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus in John chapter 3. Says Jesus answered, picking up verse five, says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit. It's not talking about baptism, it's talking about basically being washed by the water of the Word, okay? Says, He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Says, That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. I want to stop there for a second. Um, To give it to you real basic, the New Living Translation says it this way that humans can reproduce only humans. We get that, right? If you got kids, you got that, right? But the Holy Spirit is the only one that gives birth to spiritual life. And that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about spiritual life. It says in verse 7, once again, Jesus talking to Nicodemus, he said, Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again, or born of above, or born of the Spirit. And then it says, The wind. Okay, it says, The wind. So the word wind there is actually the word uh, pneuma, which means breath, okay? And so in in reference, most scholars point that that Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit here, okay? But he says that the wind or the Holy Spirit blows where he wishes and you hear the sound or the voice of him, but do not know where it comes from and where it is going. Have you ever heard that verse? And basically people talk about, use that verse, talk about the mystery kind of the Holy Spirit. But, but I want to I stop here for a second. And I, and I want you to notice that, that most people read this and they, they pump the brakes right there. And they don't read the rest of the verse. But I want us to read the rest of the verse because it has to do with us. Notice it says that the Holy Spirit, once again, we don't know where he comes from. We don't know where he's going. And then it says this, so is everyone, that's us, who is born of the Spirit. Do you get that? So is us. Now, what are you talking about here? Listen, I want you to miss this. Jesus is telling Nicodemus that in the same way the Holy Spirit is actively and constantly moving, so should we who are born of the Spirit. Do you understand that? So, so turn to your neighbor and say, hey, neighbor. Sarah, what with God? Doesn't supposed to be stagnant. Now, let me ask you a question. Are we supposed to be moving on our own accord? So, or should we be moving through a partnership with the Holy Spirit? Should we be uh, literally? Should we be moving by the leading of the Holy Spirit? So, so if I can, I'm not trying to beat anybody up here today. Please know my heart because I struggle with the same things. I'm talking to you as much as I am myself right now. Is man, if we could stop trying to simply partner with the Holy Spirit for our own benefit. Make sense? If we quit trying to make all of this about us. And uh, you you know I heard someone say one time, they said, and I'm not going to get the words right, but they said basically if if God answered every one of your prayers for a month, at the end of that month, would you be different or would the world be different? That's like, ouch. Right? Because we focus so much on ourselves, right? So, so listen, here we are. We're called, once again, to move with this partnership of the Holy Spirit. We're called to, to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so let me kind of frame that up with a few verses that most of us know in the room. The Bible says this in Habakkuk. It says that the just shall live, and that actually means shall live continuously by faith. It says uh, in Acts, it says, for in him we live and move and have our being. It says in Galatians, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And then it says in Ephesians 2 that we are created in Christ Jesus. In other words, we're born again for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should, what? Walk in them. And then what what does James say? It says that faith without works or faith without movement is dead. It says in First John that we walk once again in the light as he is in the light. I want you to notice that all of those verses simply point to one thing, they're reinforcing the fact that there's supposed to be movement in this thing, right? That there's movement, that there's motion with who? the Holy Spirit? Because none of that happens that we just read without the Holy Spirit's involvement. And so if you can maybe kind of grab this idea today that you were created by God for movement. You know, even in this sense, and do you realize that natural law? And I'm not going to get all geeky on this, but natural law and spiritual law, a lot of times they correlate. And we have this natural law, and it's called basically the law of motion. It's called physics, right? And and it's this understanding that even though you're sitting here today and you're sitting there, even if you even if you got as still as you could be, right, and you didn't move, you try to be a a whatever those people are, they don't move. What are they calling? I remember going to going to New Orleans, right? And they got these guys that are painted in gold and they're just like frozen like a statue. Even those guys that are frozen like a statue, do you realize in that moment they're still moving? Here's the reason. Because even though we're sitting here, guess what? The earth is still moving. We're moving. Everything around us is created for movement. And so if it's that way, once again, in the natural law, guess what? It's the same in the spiritual law. There's still movement happening if we like it or not. The truth is, if I can even maybe be a little hardcore on you, is every day you're moving either closer or further away from Jesus. There's no sitting still. Right. There's a there's an old story. And actually, I, I shared it with somebody this week, but by a guy named Charles Finney. And Charles Finney is probably one of the greatest men of God that's ever walked the face of the earth. And and uh, Charles Finney would literally go in his bathroom at night and he would look in the mirror and he would ask himself a really honest question. Now, there's there could be legalism attached to this, but I think there's a truth there. That's pretty incredible. And he would but he would look in the mirror and he would ask himself, He said out loud, Charles, are you closer to God right now than when you woke up this morning? And if he could not say yes with an honest heart, what would he do? He would go pray until he felt like he was. Yes, because I think he understood uh, basically the spiritual law. There's movement happening. I'm either getting closer to that throne or I'm pulling further away. Yeah? So once again, I want to ask you today, is this moving for our benefit or for the advancement or the benefit of the kingdom of God? What's it for? Is it for our benefit or His? It's for His, right? So let me show you a verse here that Paul said. Uh, Paul said this in Romans 8. And it really shows you kind of how we should be thinking, all right? It says, for those who live, or those who, we'll call it this way, those who move according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live or those who move according to the Spirit, we'll throw it in there, set their minds on the things of the Spirit, Man, I tell you what, it's a it's a humbling fact. Everybody looking here, it's a humble fact to think about how much we think about the flesh. Yeah? But 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 listen, have we ever, believers, church, have we ever thought about what's on the Holy Spirit's mind? What is he thinking about? Holy Spirit, what are you thinking about today? Holy Spirit, what do you want to do today? What's on your mind today? And, and see, the Bible, the Bible points out pretty clearly that the Holy Spirit never ceases to fulfill his role in the Godhead, the Trinity. And what's his role? His role is to be an agent of change. It's an agent of change. And so it's this mindset that the agent of change, he is constantly moving and working to bring about what? The plans and the purpose of the Father here on earth and in people's lives. The God, he's... A, Is that not true? He's always doing that. And and so, listen, if you can understand that he's never, because God doesn't sleep, right? He doesn't get tired. That the Holy Spirit never stops trying to bring out the purposes of the Father on this earth. You you know, if you can maybe look at it this way. There's builders in the room. And, uh, you you know, before you can build a building, you really got to have a blueprint, right? At least if you want it to go right. So... Um, if you can, so basically as you begin to build that blueprint, we as people, you know, we, we'll work on it 8, 10, 12 hours and we got to crash, right? Either that or we're living off coffee and, and uh, whatever, those monster drinks, right? Those energy drinks, right? And so, so anyways, but we, it might take us a while, but there's a lot of breaks in between there. And if you kind of see that the, when the Father looks at creation, when he looks at earth, he has a blueprint, Right? He's got a blueprint, and the Holy Spirit's never done working on that thing. He has a blueprint for your life. He has a blueprint for this church. He has a blueprint uh, for Knott's County. He's got a blueprint for May. He's got a blueprint for New England. He's got a blueprint for America. He's got a blueprint for Israel. You, you know what I'm saying? And so the Holy Spirit is working on all those, and that's where also angels come involved. Yes? So, so listen, it's this idea that, that, that what's constantly on the mind of the Holy Spirit is, once again, is bringing this about, and, and so... That's the partnership we've been invited into, that, that we get to partner with him, once again, to bring out the plans and the purpose of the Father in this earth. Yes? And, and so, just kind of give you a thought here for a second. Um, you know, have you ever went to work and went, um, man, what's on the mind of the Holy Spirit of these people I'm going to talk to today? You think you're there to do a job and earn a paycheck. That's part of it. Praise God for that, because I like to eat. Right? <laughs> But, but, but literally, what would happen if you went, Holy Spirit, what's on your mind today? Now, now, now listen, you may go all throughout the day, and he just talks something to you, mm-hmm. right? But, because, I, you know, I wish I could describe this, but the way I kind of see it is almost like these lines, two lines, yeah. that are going, and I see them intersect. Toom, that was a moment. Toom, that was a moment. Toom, that was a moment. And so there's different things, but, but listen, there should be moments happening, Right. If they're not happening, then, then guess what? I, I don't think it's the Holy Spirit's fault. OK, so so let me kind of give you an idea here, because um, and probably the last few months, I've tried to keep this really on the forefront of my heart. And, uh, you know, one time I read a book by Dr. Cho and uh, it's called uh, Holy Spirit Senior Partner. And I only read pieces of it. That's kind of my M.O., and uh, Pastor Tommy finishes all the books he reads. Me, on the other hand, not so much. I read a chapter or two. But, uh, but the idea is simply this, is that uh, we are once again in a partnership with the Holy Spirit. And guess what? He's the senior partner. He's in charge. So I don't come and tell him what we're going to do today. I ask him what he wants to do today. And then I follow suit. I'm making sense to you guys? And so, li- listen, when it comes to this partnership, I want to make this really practical here, is that it could be a simple... You, you know, basically we're praying, we'll say it that way, or we're, we're just going about our day, and a certain person comes to our mind, and we feel like we need to tell them something. So we text them, right? And, and, and they may text back, wow, I really needed to hear that. That was partnering with the Holy Spirit. So we could go from, from something that simple to even, to even saying, you know, you're, you're out and about, and you feel, a, you feel compelled, you feel a prompting to basically to share something about Jesus with someone, right? That happened to me the other night, and I was in the middle of a soccer coaching clinic, and I was like, okay, Lord, here we go. And we're supposed to be taking a class. And I'm like, all right, here we go. And so um, anyway, so a guy that, that, that basically has never taught him before, there was the moment, the window opened, I went through it, right? And so, or it could go all the way to just an incredible God encounter. So, I, you know, I want to give you maybe a few today, and you maybe have heard some of these, because I just said, Lord, what's some practical things we can share? But, but uh, I'll talk pers- uh, first on being on the receiving end maybe, okay? Three, three Sundays ago... We were in prayer, and, man, the Holy Ghost was so strong in here, and I was on my knees, and I was praying right here. And, and the Lord began to speak some really intimate, personal things to me about my life and some things that he wants to do and who he wants to be to me. And, and I don't know if you've ever had those moments where you're like, man, that almost sounds too good. <laughs> Anybody ever been there? And, and, I, and I just said, Lord, um, I don't want to sit here and make this up. You know, and, 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 you know, somehow try to convince myself that this is something. So I just said, Lord, if this is really you, will you confirm it? Yes. Will you show me? Will you confirm? Are you all awake? Yes. I said, Lord, will you confirm this? And, and I was sitting there and I was praying. And maybe three minutes later, this guy bends down and prays for me. And he used the exact wording that God just used. So that was the day that he partnered with the Holy Spirit in a really simple moment. Father, I pray for my pastor. Boom, 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 boom. He didn't know what he was saying, but God sent him on assignment. Yeah. I'm making sense. I, you know, I remember um, when I first came here, I was here probably a little shy. I was about here about nine months, and I was struggling. I was in a heap of hurt. And, um, I mean, I, when I say I was drowning, I was drowning. I was not encouraged at all. And um, Jen and I decided to go north, and we went to a service. And uh, we got a hotel room, and I was laying in the bed, and we have, you know, obviously our four kids were hanging out there, and, and everybody else is snoozing their brains out. And, and I'm sitting there, I'm, and I'm basically crying, and I'm going, God, here's the deal, <laughs> right? Here's the deal. And I'm just, like, pouring out my heart. The next morning, I go to a church, and um, the whole reason we went up there. And anyway, so I went there, and I'm, and, I'm, um, and I'm sitting there, and the guy that's speaking goes, hey, can Quentin Self come up here? What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> you know? So, so Jen and I go up, and, and he begins to pray for me. And I, and, I, and I just met him like this. Hey, I'm Quentin. Hey, and he told me his name. Boom, before service, that was it. And he said, the Lord says, and he began to answer every question that I was saying to the Lord the night before. Boom, 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 boom. Jen didn't know that. Nobody knew that. It was me and Jesus in a heartfelt moment, and God began to answer everyone. So let me kind of help you out. Anybody ever lies to you and tell you God doesn't speak anymore, don't believe it. Okay? And and all I did, I just sit there, not in a bad way, but in a good way. I was a wreck going to my seat, right? Um, you, you know, I've told you before, and I just, you know, whatever. I went to, years ago I went, I was a young fella. And I, and I knew I was in a relationship that wasn't right. I might have told you all this a few weeks ago. Um, but I knew I was in a relationship and I had no peace for it. And I kept arguing with God. And, and the truth, I did tell you all this a few weeks ago. And, and I asked the Lord, I said, Lord... Um, Am I supposed to be with this gal? I actually went, got to church early, went down to the altar and prayed, didn't know what else to do. Spent about 10 minutes praying, God, talked to me tonight. And the pastor, uh, sorry, the evangelist was speaking that night, and he literally stops his message and basically said, There's a young man here, you're with a woman you don't supposed to be with, boom, 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 like you don't supposed to be dating her. Boom, 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 you need to get away from her. And then he goes, Well, not sure why I said that. And he moved on. <laughs> uh, right? <laughs> so, but let me, let me kind of tell you some cool stuff on the other end. Um, when I was on the other end of it, I, I remember years ago, I was in I was in Hamilton, Alabama. And if anybody's ever heard the ramp uh, with Karen Wheaton, I was at the first service that they ever did. And, and so we were basically helping put it on. And so um, anyways, they were there. They were in a uh, like shopping center at the time. And we're in the middle of worship. I think it's our second or third night and doing this like youth rally deal that once again was to launch this movement. What's become. And, and I heard the Lord speak to me. He said, I want you to go out in the parking lot. Like We're in the middle of worship. What, what, do you, what, do you, what do you mean you want me to go on the parking lot, right? And so anyway, so I, I go out in the parking lot, and I, when I open the door, I go, oh, that's why. There was like a bunch of, you know, it's, it's, it's Hamilton, Alabama. It's redneck country. And so there was a bunch of, there were a bunch of uh, pickup trucks and cars out there, and there was a group of like, uh, uh, you know, teenagers up in the early 20s, and they were all out there drinking. And so anyway, so I roll up in the middle of that, and, and it's like if you've ever been in the spot, you know, been in the spot, you kind of get it. It's like the Lord highlights some person. Boom. So I just like, that's my guy. Walk up to him, and I start talking to him. Blah, blah. Everybody just leaves, and it's me and this dude in the parking lot. I don't know. I ran everybody off, whatever. But anyways, so we're talking, and in the middle of the conversation, the Lord shows me that that he's actually uh, called to the ministry, and he's running. And so I just said, hey, man, don't remember his name. I said, hey, dude, are you? Uh, I feel like this. Are you Are you called to the ministry? And he just... Yeah, blah, blah, blah. And here's why I'm running. Da, da, da. He goes, so it's spot on the money, right? And so I end up praying with the guy to come back to Jesus. And I say, hey, man, why don't you come in the service with me? Now, here's the cool part to me. We, we go up into the building. I mean, we're in like the far end of the parking lot. We go in, and uh, when we walk in, there's this lady that had been hanging out with us for two, three days. She had been at the altar praying uh, for her son to get his life back right with Jesus. And it just so happened to be the young man that I talked to in the parking lot that came in with me. Pretty awesome, eh? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So let me give you this one. This one's kind of maybe a little unique. Um, I remember one time I got asked by this guy. We used to do, like, uh, work in this Christian school, and we would do, uh, like, small groups on Thursday. And we always kind of had our own little groups, but this day a certain kid did it, and he asked me and my buddy Carl to help him, so we did it. And so we basically preached this message pretty much to the whole school, a few hundred kids. And, uh, and there was one girl, I remember we, uh, she came to the altar at the end, I'm trying to leave tons of details out here, came and we pray for her, she hits the ground, right? She gives her life back to Jesus, she's weeping, crying, she's eighth grade. Okay, had, been, had basically been in this Christian school, wasn't interested in God at all, and had a God moment and, and got saved. And uh, we came back. That was Friday morning. We came back on Monday, and we found out that she died of an aneurysm that weekend. But li- listen, I'm don't, I don't, I don't, not so much worried about figuring out that. I'm just like, wow, God's mercy and God's grace. Yeah, and those are moments where you get to partner with the Holy Spirit because here's what you're going to find. When you go partner with the Holy Spirit, most of the time it's really inconvenient timing for you. Yes, I'm going to tell you one last story, and, and I'll be done. When we lived in South Louisiana, Jen and I, we decided to drive to my mom's house. And I've told some of y'all this story. Um, I just felt like I need to share it today. So anyways, we, we decided, okay, we're going to go home. I can't remember. Maybe we had a, a break. Maybe it was a holiday. I couldn't remember. But we've been driving, uh, you know, for, for a good while, and I was sleepy. I think it was like 1130 at night. And I'm driving. I'm like on the home stretch. My mom's house is like 10 minutes away. I'm like, I'm so ready to go home and go to sleep. And anyways, I'm driving, and there's this car on the side of the road. I'm on a two-lane highway. It's, uh, it's 79 Highway, okay, outside of Birmingham. And, and there's this car flashing its lights. So I pass it. And then I find myself pulling into the liquor store parking lot. Not to get liquor. but And I turn around, and I go, and I'm literally going, God, what am I doing? Like, what, like what am I doing here and I drive and I go and I end up pulling in behind the guy and I get out the car Jen is freaking out I don't think we're married yet and but she's like all riding down the license plate she's all <laughs> she's like scared right so I get out and here's this guy and he gets out and he's a pretty big boy and he is like drunk as can be I mean he is like he's toast right and uh and as I start talking to him I feel like I need to tell him about Jesus and I felt like I didn't, I just, I, let me pray, I felt like I need to pray for him. That's what happened. So here's this big guy, and I lay hands on him, put my hand in his chest, and I begin to pray for him. And while I'm praying for him, the guy, we're on the side of the road on the interstate, right? He falls on his knees and starts weeping. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? And Jen's all like, told me later, it's like, what if this guy shoots Quentin? What's he going to, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> And so he falls on the ground, and he's crying, and then the dude stands up, and he just makes this beeline to his car and grabs out uh, basically this, uh, you know, big old thing of beer, and he just starts throwing beer in the woods. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? Right? Let's go. And uh, he just basically looks at me and says, no, bro, you don't understand. I was so drunk, and I am so sober right now. Like, it's gone. And then he begins to tell me the story. Now, this is the cool part. The reason I tell you this is because he goes, he goes you don't understand He said, um, my girlfriend, this guy was like in his early 30s. He said, my girlfriend just broke up with me, and I found out, I think she was with like another dude. And he said, I decided basically to go get drunk and get hammered. And so what I did is I filled my car up, I have been drinking, and I decided I was going to go as fast as I could on this road, and I was going to find an 18-wheelers, just a straight shot road, and I was going to hit it head on and kill myself. Here's the cool part. He filled up his gas, he ran out of gas, that's why he was flashing his lights, because he was hoping somebody would help him get to a gas station. And so, but that's, listen, the mercy of God kept him from killing himself. And so what's so cool is he got saved, and I took his, uh, took his uh, you know, rump home, and his mom at home, she was a born-again believer, and she'd been praying for him. Once again, once again, you, you know what I'm saying? It's, somebody's praying, Holy Spirit starts moving, we get to partner with him. Yeah? You know, I said that was the last one. I'll give you a fast one here. Is, it won't be intense, but I won't say this to encourage somebody. Um, I have a really good friend here that doesn't know Jesus. And, uh, and one of the first times we hung out, um, I literally, we were driving down the road, and we were going to Augusta, and I just said, Man, Lord, I, I don't, um, don't want to waste my time today. I said, Lord, will you please give me an opportunity to talk to my friend about you? And, uh, and so literally, as God is my witness... I just said that, and less than a minute and a half later, he turns to me and goes, uh, So, Quinn, how does someone get saved? <laughs> That's not a bad question for a person that doesn't know Jesus to ask you that, right? And in my head, I'm thinking, I'm glad you asked. And we spend about the next hour, let's just talk about Jesus. So, so l- let me maybe say something to encourage some of y'all. It's really easy to sit back in the, in the region we live in and say, Man, people aren't interested in Jesus. It's not true, okay? Do you have some people that hate Jesus? Sure, whatever, but they don't know what they're really hating, okay? And so people, listen, every person is wired by God to be loved, and they're wired by God to know know him. We just got to figure out a way to tap into that, right, and believe God to give us opportunities because the same way that you were one day, uh, you know, at some time, where you were empty, hopeful, you know, didn't have hope, all of that, no peace, all that stuff, that's where they're at, right? And they're going to get tired of that after a while. We just got to be praying and and asking God for an opportunity. Yes? Yes? Let me give you a few things and I'm going to be done. And Pastor Tommy, I'm actually going to ask him to come and pray into this. So let me just say a few things here. Kind of stating the obvious. When you get to partner with the Holy Spirit, quick question, how could you ever think that your life with God is really boring? And how could it ever grow stagnant? How could it ever grow cold when you really get to partner with God like that? I think it's impossible. Yes. And so if I can kind of give you another thought here, I personally don't believe, you know, listen, we could go around the room and pass a stick and plenty of people could tell a lot of stories about this stuff. But but anyways, I I just think this, if you can understand your heart, this is not for a select few people. Once again, going back to going back to uh, John chapter three, this is everyone who's been born again. It's the invitation for all of us. Once again, uh, it's, it's just up to us. And, and so in this thought, if, if this is really for everyone, then shouldn't it be important to us to begin to learn how to uh, train our ear to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to know his word, to know his truth? Because, listen, there's nothing worse than basically God giving you an opportunity and then you not know what to say because you didn't prepare. Right? And if you're in the room and you go, I want to learn how to be sensitive to his voice, I'm telling you the number one way of learning how to be sensitive to his voice is to learn the Bible because that's what he'll use to speak to you, right? You'll be sitting there with someone, and God will just drop something in your heart, a verse, and you go, Phew. and here's how you know because you weren't thinking of it, right? You weren't going, oh, how are we going to get him? right? All right, so last thought, and I'm done. Pastor Tommy, you go ahead and come up if you want to. But, but I want you to think about something here. I'm just hoping this encourages you and challenges you kind of at the same time. Everybody look in here. Watch this. The Bible, in the Bible, God refers to himself as a river of living water. Right? And Jesus told us that out of our belly shall flow living water. Right? Is that true? It's in there. So watch this. What, what happens when, okay, you got one person in the region and the river of God's flowing through them. But what happens when you get two people that start letting the river of God flow through them? Three people, four people, five people, six people, and it begins to multiply. They really begin to submit their hearts and their lives to Jesus. They quit making it about themselves, but they make it about the kingdom. And they let the river of God begin to flow through them. Guess what? After a while, it's going to be a mighty river in the land. Yes, and that's kind of the goal, that what happens if all of us in this room, how many ever of us there are, that really said, God, I submit to you, and I'm going to let the river flow through me, the river of life, because everywhere the Holy Ghost goes, it produces life. Yes, and, and so what would happen in the region? To get a bigger picture than ourselves and our church. And the... Am I making sense? Yes. Let's stand to our feet, please. Just pray. Have you want to pray? Just, just pray that you'd be sensitive to it. And just kind of the get...
1: yeah, yeah. Father, thank you for what you've done here today what you're doing and what you're going to do. Everything from Jen leading worship in this worship team all the way to the incredible word that was saturated with study and prayer and preparation to deliver a clear, clarion word for not only Anchor Church, but for this region that goes forward in power, that goes forward, Lord, in your mercy and grace, but Lord, in your power. To transform lives. Lord, we thank you even now, even as we pray, north, south, east, and west. Bring them in. Send us out in the name of Jesus. Lord, accomplish it. Take this word about your spirit, the motion, the moving of your spirit. Holy Spirit, now. Work in each individual's life today. Even as before the day is over, people will be testifying, this is what God did. This is how God led me. This is how God spoke. This is how God touched. Pastor, here's the testimony. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we give you thanks, we give you praise, we give you honor and glory. And in Jesus' name, everybody agreed, said, amen, amen. amen.